Are you looking to change your destiny in life? Be your own boss? Start your own business? If you are, you need people who understand your needs and are committed to helping you make it happen. At DKP and Co Chartered Accountants, we are more than just accountants. We are business advisors, taxation consultants, and strategists that specialized in setting up businesses. We understand the client and give them the very best customized advice and strategies to achieve their goals. Visit our website, dkpco.com.au, or give us a call today on 03 9023 Fast, proactive, personal. That's DKP and Co Chartered Accountants. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. And our sponsors once again for another episode of State of Our Football Nation, Global Institute of Sport, who do some tremendous things and provide master's degree in football. Did you know you can get a master's degree in football, Pakua? I did not, George, but uh, I might have to think about it now. You know, Lockie Flanagan, someone who preceded you, uh, is off to get one, I reckon. I, I can feel it in my bones. And by the way, welcome to Pakua Frimpong, who's my new co-anchor on State of Our Football Nation on FNR and uh, who has a tremendous um, opportunity uh, for the rest of the Liberty League, uh, A-League women's season to have some real fun. You've been, you've been out there calling some games for the APL? I have, George. It's been a lot of fun. It's and been... you saw a thriller on the weekend. I did see. The... I, I didn't call the, this game on the weekend, but I did see the uh, victory, uh, victory city. game and victory game, and I also saw the city game on Saturday. It was, it was a great weekend of uh, A League women's football. So there was nothing you missed out on. No, there you wasn't. You covered all the bases. No, but I had to go home and I had to check out the Perth Glory match because that was a good uh, uh, rematch. Uh, that was a good uh, comeback from uh, Perth Glory. So that was. That was good. Well, Perth Glory is starting to make some inroads now after what has been a, the most shocking season of their, uh, their, their, I think, their history. Last year would have been just about as bad as it gets. And Tony Sage, their, their chair and their, their owner, does not like coming off second at any time. No. So you can imagine getting some good results coming through and seeing the tide turning is so important. And speaking of the tide turning... <laughs> what a week we've had uh, since our last episode uh, on F- Football Nation Radio. Um, I used to think that a week was a long time in politics. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to amend it now. What has not happened in the last week between you and I? We've seen quite possibly the greatest football game played in the history of the World Cup. Yep. We've seen... A superb footballer, a sublime footballer, um, just refused to come off second. I'm talking about the great Lionel Messi. Congratulations, Argentina. Cuti, the uh, uh, Cristiano Mo- uh, um, Romero, um, who plays for You're Tottenham very happy, Hotspur. Tottenham. You're very Tottenham. Oh, I'm beaming. Um, the only thing, you know, I was hoping when, when the game finished 3-3, the final, and I thought, oh, it's got to go. Isn't that fantastic? I've got a chance now to win... Uh, a World Cup, it's going to be either Hugo Lloris yep. or it's going to be, um, uh, you know, Cristiano uh, Romero and it was the Argentinian. Uh, but both were what superb. What a match, great tournament. So oh, look. Because, because the first 45... The better you write it, the, the, the more way Zany it got. Oh, because the first 45 minutes was truly Argentina. such tactical 
like wonders from Argentina because France could not get out. They, there's so many times they try to get out on that on that left hand side, and Argentina was like, "Nope, we are getting that ball back," and it was tremendous. But Kylian Mbappe, oh, wow. wow, what oh, a yeah. player and what records he's going to smash, George, in his career. Someone's just done a comparison of Lionel Messi at 23 and Kylian Mbappe at 23, and Mbappe's ahead. <laughs> which is pretty scary. Yeah. Um, but the amazing thing is we saw uh, a legend, uh, you know, come to another level. He refused to fail. He refused to let go. And his contribution was throughout. Yeah. And the other thing we cannot discount, he scored a goal in every round of the World Cup. Truly incredible. Yep. And worthy winner of the player of the tournament. And of course, Kylian Mbappe, worthy winner of of the Golden Boot, but he, he and Emiliano Martinez, clearly, clearly the goalkeeper of the tournament. He that came, rarely happens. No, he he in the biggest moments he stood up for his ooh, side, and ooh. that's my thing about goalkeepers. And I'm there's a small win for Arsenal because we <laughs> we 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 formed him and we nurtured him. But the thing about it is that he has got better. He has got so much better since but, he left. Yeah, he, but the thing about it is that. A lot of goalkeepers, I kind of just want you to do all the basics right. Mm. But he does all the basics right, but he does the spectacular, which mm. is because that Garen Coles save oh. was the best I'd seen it in the tournament. That's the save of the tournament. And then the one, uh, I forget the the young uh, uh, French player's name who got at the volley just before it was the end of the second period of extra time. Chumani. Chumani, yeah. Yep. Who, honestly, when he came on as a sub, he did a really great job. That save also, I could Didn't not... Didn't he score the goal that beat England, effectively? Yes. <laughs> he, but that save from... It's the composure to know that you need to... The composure and bravery and just... Vision, focus. It's just so focused Total. on this is the task. And I think the thing, the reason he fits that Argentina squad so much is he's had to fight and work so hard to get his career to where it is and... And he know, understands that and wanted to win for Messi because you can see in all they all in the Copa America, he just the dedication he has that squad. He's a truly incredible player. Uh, can we just pause for a moment and take on board the coach, the manager yeah. of Argentina, and think for a moment? They all talk about the youngest, right, to uh, to reach such a claim. Uh, we should also mention he was the cheapest. Yeah. The Argentinian Federation picked him because he cost almost nothing and he was like, let's, let's get him in here. But he, let's understood, get him. but he understood the task. But you're right. Because I actually think he over he – over, they underestimated him yeah. and he quickly found because, out who the players were. Because I, I think – I can't remember. I don't know if it was on the SBS broadcast that they said it, but spoke about how he – when as soon as he came in, he said, guys, Messi is our best player. Correct. We are – we are going to construct the team around him. And that's the smartest thing they've ever done because so for so many years we saw Argentina trying to figure out the Dybala and Messi situation. How are we going to play? What are we going to do? And they've, they've stumbled at so many hurdles, losing to Chile in the uh, Copa America finals. But they've, they're so united now when they understand the task. But not only are they fighting for, the same, the fighting for that one goal, they were tactically amazing. Well, uh, I cannot argue with anything that you've said because... Look, they've won the Copa America uh, in, the most, in the most difficult environment and atmosphere, and they beat a fantastic Brazilian side. 
And here they are. They lose the first game of the tournament against Saudi Arabia and everyone goes, shock, or, and they still tighten up, keep getting better, keep getting better. They had their moment there when Garen Quall just put a big question mark. And you saw the relief on those players' faces when when that's happened. And the rest rest was just magnificent. Look, what is fantastic is Messi performed in the first half, second half and in extra time and then stepped up first and took the penalties. I didn't see Kylian Mbappe for, for about 50 but, but minutes. That's because Argentina closed the door closed on him. And, and essentially limited him. But I think that speaks to the lev- the quality of Kylian Mbappe, the yep. fact that he wasn't disheartened by that. And then yep. the second half, and I think the uh, Kamavinga substitution and the Kingsley Coman substitution made, huge made really big differences mm-hmm. because they were determined because Kamavinga, we've seen him in the in the Champions League be a massive cha- uh, turning point for Real Madrid in really big matches. They opened it up, and I think almost for a split second, Argentina relaxed. Because when you're 2-0 up and you're playing at such high quality... I still reckon 2-0 is the worst score no, in is. football. Because as soon as that penalty happened, oh. you freak out and you're like... Wait, do we still go forward? So did their fans. So did their fans, who had been magnificent oh, absolutely. from the opening. And, in fact, they've been great throughout I the entire... The fans Can of- you imagine how much those fans have paid to travel from one end of the world? And it is. It's almost the end. If you thought Australia was far enough away, Argentina, to go from Buenos Aires to Qatar, to Doha... Now they all know how we feel when we're going around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole world now understands... That uh, if you want to travel the globe, you've got to be a long-haul traveller. And uh, the other thing they've learned, too, in this remarkable World Cup, they've finally discovered that the football is not in Europe. No. And... And the rest of the... When you talk... It's it's pointless talking about the world game and not including the world. And suddenly, we've included Africa and we've announced um, uh, uh, the Arab nations of the world... Morocco led them beautifully, yeah. and if they hadn't run out of players and uh, and stocks, they might have gone for, a little bit further. As, Can you imagine? As a they had so many injuries, as an Afri- like African uh, Moroccan football this year deserves a massive round oh, of applause. Huge. And the they joy. Should, the, but the thing I really want to bring up is that the re- countries that don't have the resources in football, like the South Americans and the Europeans have, should look at Morocco because the development they've done not only in their men's game, but in and their ability to attract players who were born outside of Morocco, but what they've done to their women's game, because they held the uh, African Cup of Nations for the women's in Morocco this year, and they came runners-up to South Africa in the final, but they've developed so well. And Have they qualified for the World Cup? Yes. So have. we'll see them here. We'll see them here. Oh, fantastic so stuff. it's remarkable, and it's lovely to see that the development of Moroccan football and African football as a whole, it's... Off the charts. Off the charts. And Fantastic stuff. Seeing so much great football from all around the world in different styles, and that's what I appreciate about the World Cup. We see counter-attacking football, the sit-back. Type. We see everything, and that's and that's really nice to see. Uh, the voice you're listening to is uh, Pakua Frimpong, my new co-anchor, and we're doing this on FNR Thursdays between 5 and 6, and we'd love you to participate and, and let us know what sort of subjects you want us to cover. It's state of our football nation. We talk about just about anything and everything. And we've got an opportunity today to catch up with a, a special contributor. He's a former FIFA referee. Uh, I know him as Chris Bainbridge. He also does a lot of work behind the scenes for Football Victoria. 
because he looks and I suppose assesses the quality of work that the referees yeah. uh, and they train the next generation. And let me tell you, the, the thing you learn very, very quickly and you see it at every level, if we don't have referees, you can't play football. And we have some of the best in the game getting better all the time. We saw a young boy called Jared Gillett who uh, you know earned his stripes, uh, made his mistakes in the A-League and now is officiating in the English Premier League and doing a fine job and just getting better and better and better. So Chris Bambridge will be joining us very, very shortly on FNR. Uh, Something else that uh, we need to talk about, um, it's been an incredibly um, sad week in terms of uh, the A-League. There was um, an incident last Saturday that we can't, uh, you know, wash over or, or run away from. We have to address it. And it will be addressed because um, the, the potential damage is, uh, is infinite. So understand this, the APL that has uh, drawn so much criticism over the last uh, few days for a number of different things needs to make some serious statements. Football Australia, I see, has come on board uh, as the overarching uh, entity yeah. that looks after the game and they've said uh, they're not going to tolerate any of this. We understand, too, that uh, the hierarchy at Melbourne Victory understand the enormity of what they have to do. Uh, Look, they're not going to run away. They have some important um, announcements that need to come out. There's a a show cause notice that's been served to them by the APL and Football Australia. Uh, They have to answer that. Indeed, they answered that um, uh, yesterday morning. We haven't heard too much about it, but we will because... You can't push this under the uh, under the uh, uh, the rug. This is something that everyone's going to see and everyone has to participate on. But we need to say something too. There's been an element in this game for far too long and uh, we've not let it uh, reside there, but we haven't done enough to get rid of it. And I'm not talking about the fans. The fans have been magnificent and they've showcased their worth uh, at all the live sites right across Australia um, for the World Cup. And let me tell you, those very same fans will be standing ready and shoulder to shoulder when the Women's World Cup, inside six months, comes down under and we share it with New Zealand. So we're going to see some fantastic football. But there is an element. uh, It's hardcore. They're not fans in any stretch of the, the imagination. They are anarchists or hooligans, and we have to basically throw... Uh, the book at them, um, the 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 uh, the law and whatever it can do must do it. I've understood that three or four have come forward already of the um, nearly 80, 90. Some are saying there are as many as 150 on the ground. Uh, there may well have been a spillage that saw 150 people enter the ground, but I think the actions of probably about 50 are uh, the ones that the police and others are, uh, you know, addressing or need to address. Importantly, there was more than $150,000 damage done to the ground. That's the people's ground. Uh, It's not, you know, uh, anybody else's ground. The state government, uh, under the auspices of its uh, position, uh, runs the ground, but it's the people's ground. The people of Victoria own Amy Park. So anytime you damage it, it's, it's an assault against the people of Victoria. So... You know, there were people hurt. Uh, uh, a cameraman was, was, was hurt. That should never happen. Security. Anyone on work. A number of security men and women were, um, you know, uh, hurt. That's, you cannot do that. They're professionals. They've gone to, 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 to do a job. 
to make the game safer for everyone, and they've been involved in this. And, of course, there was a player involved. And uh, uh, referee Alex King. And Alex King, who I thought was tremendous. Um, I want to talk to Chris Bambridge about Alex's actions, about the fact that he stood there between him and some of these uh, hooligans, and uh, they copped it. Uh, both Alex King and both the, the keeper, Tom Glover, got, got hurt. Now, uh, yes, some people are saying, oh, they're all mitigating circumstances. When you commit assault, there is no such thing, no such thing as mitigating circumstances, yeah? And if you wanted to make some noise out of the, the, uh, uh, the social media commentary that was running all week about this decision by the APL to you know, you know, take uh, a, an amount of money from the New South Wales major events team so they could showcase their grand finals for the next three years. That's fine. You've got plenty of time to complain and, and uh, I understand protest. And I was of the opinion that we were going to see a mass protest at uh, Amy Park on Saturday, 20 minutes, and they were going to walk. Yeah. Problem was a goal came before the 20-minute mark. And then this incident, this ugly incident that needs to be addressed and is being addressed as we speak. Uh, so Chris, Chris, Gam- Chris Bambridge, pardon me, I'll get my mouth around working eventually, uh, is our special guest and he'll be joining us in just a moment. Uh, something else we're going to talk about, some of the outstanding action, some of the upsets we've seen in the Liberty uh, W League um, that uh, I didn't see coming. I did not see Melbourne City uh, falling foul of Western United, but they did. Western United in in their inaugural season in the women's uh, doing a tremendous job. They've beaten three of uh, last year's uh, four finals. Why are you smiling while you say that? Because I think it's so incredible. And uh, Forza MPL Victoria is what I'm, I'm saying. It's... I'm very happy for MPL Victoria and the players involved. I can tell, Pakua. I can tell. All right. Uh, how far away are we, we from catching up with Chris? It shouldn't be too long. But okay. uh, do you want to take a quick break, George? Let's take a quick break and when we come back on the other end, former FIFA referee and a man who's still serving the game uh, long after he left the pitch, uh, Chris Bambridge, to join us on State of Our Football Nation on FNR. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Another episode, George Tanikian joined by Pakua Frimpong in the studios at Docklands of Football Nation Radio, and we've got a special guest. We've been telling you about him, a former FIFA referee, but these days he hasn't given away the whistle, he hasn't given away the boots, I think he may have lost them in a fire. But um, the truth of the matter is he's still serving the game that he loves and has done for an awful long time, looking after young referees and the next generation of referees and how we can help them to do what they do and make them better. His name is Chris Bambridge. Welcome to the program, Chris. Thank you very much, guys. Pleasure to be with you. Uh, And compliments of the season. Uh, we, We need to touch on something that happened on Saturday at Amy Park. I'm sure... Many of you uh, uh, football fans and supporters of the game will know what's happened. What did you make of it from your perspective, uh, Chris? Um, Well, I was thoroughly enjoyed the game until all that happened. Um, The behaviour to me was deplorable. Um, And if I may, I, I just think those that are responsible need to be identified. I know some of them are. And there needs to be not only bans and fines and all those sorts of things that go with it, because that's not my area. 
but I think the individuals themselves need some criminal charges to be brought against them and the active group at Victory and I've I've supported Victory and City all my life because um, I'm neutral but they really need to be dealt with. But I was absolutely horrified by, by what I saw. Uh, I thought yeah. Alex King was remarkable in that he, he put himself in harm's way. He should never have done that. Uh, sorry, you should never have to put yourself in harm's way, but he did. Um, I think he's one of the yeah. best referees we have in the A-League. And he's emerged over the last couple of years, especially with Jared Gillett's um, move to the EPL, which would have given you a great bit of joy. You would have oh, been yeah. delighted to see his progress. Yeah, um, I was part of the team that got him to that position. I'm very proud of the young man. But look, I agree with you. For me, the last two seasons, and this is just my opinion, Alex King has been the best referee in the A-League, without a doubt. He's calm, he's cool, he lets the game go. He has great communication skills, which is the be-all and end-all of refereeing, apart from knowing the laws of the game, obviously. <laughs> but on, um, on Saturday... I agree with you that I, I thought he did well in protecting the city goalkeeper. However, if I want to be super critical, yep. my first Let's be constructive. Alex, Let's be constructive. Yep. My first instinct to him would be get out of there. Get out of there at all costs. Take the goalkeeper with you and anyone else who's running towards that end of the field from a player's perspective put them in the centre circle and leave them there and let security deal with it. So you say straight away, suspend play? Yes. Okay, so suspend play would have been your first first call and then you would have run what to the officials by the side, the sidelines and discussed what goes on or you pull them straight off? I'd have taken you personally, I would have, and people may disagree with this, I would have taken all the players into the centre circle. Right. Because there's no hint at that stage when a flare was thrown that the game was going to be abandoned in any way. Sure. It was only the aftermath of that. So, uh, look, it will be a a terrible but a wonderful learning experience for the guy. And that was one of the things, George, that we were taught. I know it's going back a long way, but in 1986 and nothing changes, the player's safety is paramount and yours as a match official too. So you get as far away from any of those problems. I didn't have any thing like that quite in in uh, Mexico. There were a couple of incidents where I remember the Brazilian referee actually taking two teams into the centre circle. Game was held up for five minutes while they got a dozen spectators off the field and we all went on. So that would be my first and only, not criticism, but advice to Alex and any other referee that this happens to in the future and God forbid it does. Uh, what did you make of the fact, the fact that he put himself in that position there uh, he's, he, it's, it appears to me that he wanted to make sure that the players were right and that especially Correct. Tom Glover, who may yep. well have been the focus of some of those, play, some, some of those hooligans' attention, uh, was, yep. was in, in his way under my care. Uh, that was the, that's, that's the way I viewed it. I, w- I was impressed enormously. And then I realised that it had got out of hand and I was yep. so pleased to see others rushing to assist and then, yes. of course, getting everyone off the pitch. Once they'd off, they got off the pitch, I'm, I was certain the game was over. Oh, yeah. Me yes. I think I agree with you. It's first instinct is, is naturally to go and protect, I don't mean one of your own, but the yep. people on the field of play, the players. Sure. Okay. Sure. But once it got down there, as I said, 
and the flare started to, or continued and the fence was going down. For me, that's when he should have got hold of the guy, even if, and I don't like referees touching players or players touching referees, but even if he got hold of his arm and run towards the centre so to get him away, that gives security for what there was, um, more opportunity and more space to deal with those people. I, over the years, I've seen Tony Boscovich, I've seen uh, Dennis Vucinas, I've seen yourself and others uh, make sure that the game was always in their control. And that, yep. to me, is the, always the hallmark. It's like a goalkeeper in the penalty area. Uh, if, he's, if he's more than just a shot stopper, you, you marvel at how he controls, he or she controls Correct. the box. And that, to me, make, is the hallmark of a great keeper. And we saw a wonderful example of that. And, in fact, the young man who's been anointed as the Golden Glove winner, uh, Emiliano uh, uh, Martinez uh, from Aston Villa, he hasn't played for Aston Villa the way he played for Argentina, by the way, uh, um, <laughs> Ref. That's amazing. That contribution from opening game right through to the end, and as Pakua has said to me time and time again, Quite simply for her, the save of the uh, tournament for Argentina was yep. when that young man, who could be the next generation of superstar for Australia, young Garen Quoll, turned, spun and hit the ball yep. on, the, on the money in what should have been the corner. But the goalkeeper got in the way and, and pulled off a magnificent save. Correct. Correct. And, and look, that happens, with all due respect, George, that happens with match officials too. We've seen some match officials in this World Cup that come from, shall we say, the lesser-known uh, soccer nations of sure, the world. Sure, sure. really performed so well. Um, and that's like, you know, referee, like Chris Beath has gone from A-League, which yep. that's the best that we have and that's it, yep. to suddenly in the middle of these international games and it lifts you as well. It takes you to a new level. Like you said, with this goalkeeper, it performs adequately at Villa, but... For his country, that was something phenomenal. I, I want to speak, since we are on the topic of referees, uh, the refereeing in the World Cup final, I was quite pleased with it. I thought that the Wonderful. referee let the game flow and we didn't have, I don't think we had any VAR decisions. And the, the, no. the, the thing I saw that was so impressive was the, I think, uh, uh, uh the dive at the end, to see that in real time. Because to me, when I saw it, I thought, oh, that's got to be a penalty. But... That refereeing, how did you see that? Because I thought it was really well done in that final. Well, I've put some comments on Facebook, rightly or wrongly. <laughs> I thought, oh, no, I was so complimented. I was so pleased for him. Um, I thought he had a brilliant game. He stood for no nonsense when the players rushed at him, which they did on a lot of occasions. I think he found it difficult to get them away because there were so many, but he dealt with it very quickly. We all got on with the game. And I think at the end, one of the, one of the things that I think he deserves more than anything is respect for the job that he did. That's, and I just thought he was brilliant. I really did. Yeah. No, I wish he, I'd have been in his place. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, uh, you, you would have loved to have been there. Um, oh, yes. on, a, on another level, on another level, what do we do with the, the incidents that we see of simulation? What do we do? How do we cut them out? That's, that is totally, George, the referee's responsibility. He has the laws of the game to abide by, and he must enforce the laws of the game, but they just don't. They seem to wave it away. Oh, he's falling down. It's all going to... And because the game normally 
is still in motion. I mean, occasionally they go out for a goal kick or a corner or something. But because the game is in motion, they tend to just let it go on. And, and I don't believe we should. I mean, I've been, and I'll be honest, and I don't want to end on a critical note, but I've been <laughs> critical of some of the referees in the NPL this year that have not taken the necessary action. And I can assure you that Michael um, in the referees department in FFE has come down like a ton of bricks on these guys. And they've learned, they've learned the hard way, but one in particular, uh, I saw him for a second time late in the season and he was excellent. He learnt from the errors of his ways. So it's up to the referee. It's not up to the administrators. The referees need to control it at the time. And as I said before, with this crowding, they only need to do it a couple of times in the game. And you imagine, you imagine a defender in attack uh, feigning a, a foul or, or acting, simulating, um, and then going back and giving away a free kick in his own half of the field and getting sent off because he's already got a yellow card for a silly act at the other end, how devastating that would be for them. So they won't do it. They wouldn't the do it again. Hands. They wouldn't do it no, again. Right. No, it's in the referee's hands, guys. Is Simple. it also is it also incumbent on the um, uh, the uh, uh, the stakeholders the the people who look after the referees to support them to make sure yes. that the, the the referees aren't going to be vilified but they're going to be backed up I mean without backing uh, you're only as good as you know the the last performance and the last decision right. yep and look as I said Michael Fabian in particular and Tony Pert to a certain extent, the two top guys in the Federation are backing them. They're backing them like I see a lot of comments on my assessment report that Michael sends copies, obviously, to the referees so they can learn from them, where he puts positive, positive encouragement on there, congratulates them for being, you know, doing a good job. But by the same token, if they do err, they are told in no uncertain terms. And they are using that, not as punishment, that, that's not the right word, mm. but those that are not performing, it comes to grand final, finals times, some of them are not considered. It can be that close. Got it. Just a Got couple it. of, you know, errors. How, what, so you, are, what, what are you making of our young women who are refereeing the, the, the game these days and, and the job that they're doing? Can I be honest? I love women's football. I really do. Well, you've so got Pakua, name, you've got Pakua beaming here from ear to ear. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll come to your question in a second, but may I make a statement first? Go, go ahead. We do not see simulation. A player goes down in a women's game. Generally, if they stay down, I recognise that they're hurt, so we stop. Normally, I would suggest to you, 99 times out of 100, they get up, rub their ankle, rub their head, rub their arm, whatever, and get carry on, on with the game. And yeah. I think that's the best part of the game. From the refereeing point of view, we've got some very, very good young referees coming through Victoria. Um, I know we've got Kate Jakovic at FIFA level and we've got a couple of FIFA assistants, but I've seen an awful lot of young, and particularly assistant referees, who put their heart and soul into their job. Um, some of our male referees, because of attitude, uh, have a problem with running a line. But the females just don't seem to have that. I, I don't know what it is. And they are very protective of one another. And very quickly, if I may, I had a, a game earlier in the season um, where one of the assistant referees had a car accident on the way to the ground. The way that the other three officials protected her, looked after her, I was in the dressing room as the assessor. 
Um, they wanted to make sure she was right to go out. One even offered to take her place on the line. You can be fourth official. You can relax and get you. No, no, no. I've come here. I've earned my place. I'm going to do it. Fantastic. I thought that was admirable. And my report reflected that to Michael. Well, so, we've got we've no, got a women's world agree. we've got a women's world cup coming up. Uh, how many yes. of these young women are we going to see uh, getting the anointment, getting the the opportunity to be appointed to participate and play a role? Well, you'll obviously you'll obviously get your FIFA referees. The others, I'm not quite sure. We don't have any real say in who is appointed to a FIFA tournament. Um, we can put suggestions and what whatever we like, but. Ultimately, it's FIFA's decision and the Referees Committee of FIFA's decision. Um, I'd like to say we can see a few more of the young ones there in an assistant, but I don't think so. I think it will be all FIFA referees. I see. Now, you've been a a FIFA referee. As I said, we've touched on uh, some of the others, uh, people like Dennis, uh, Dennis Vutsinas and and Tony Boscovich, who was quite a character. Um, I I remember Tony uh, refereeing, because I'm a New South Wales boy, I... I, I saw him time and time and time again. But we've also seen the work that both of you and uh, you and Dennis have done, and, and especially as FIFA referees. Um, it's yep. a huge thrill. It's it's like it's you're representing your country, but it's also yep. more than that, isn't it? It's the, the, the legacy that you leave with every game that you do. Well, I hope so, George. And I can remember, you probably remember Stuart Mellings, another yes, FIFA Yes, another referee. one. I, I've, I, I forgot, had, yes. I had lunch with... I had lunch with him about a month ago and we just got talking about old times and what was supposed to be an hour turned out to be a tea as well as lunch. <laughs> anyway, uh, part of that was reminiscing. But we were saying at the time, and he actually said to me, when you do referees courses or you're talking to referees, do you tell them what you did? And I said, no, I don't, Stuart. Most of them weren't born, yeah. you know, when I yeah. refereed. And he said, you're wrong. You're wrong. You should tell them. You achieved the dream, and here's how you achieved the dream too. Yeah, I, I don't. Do, someone asked me, oh, I'm happy to talk, but I don't go out and deliberately do that. But um, I think now I'm learning, and I'm speaking to Stuart, who's who's still around. He's uh, <laughs> I think his early eighties, um, and doing quite well. Um, so Good on yeah, it, it it's leaving a legacy. You're quite right, and I, I hope that that some of us have done that. Uh, for Pakua's sake, um, your highlight. As a referee? I was just about to ask that, FIFA, FIFA highlight referee? Look, I, can I tell you I've got two? One, obviously, is being appointed to the World Cup in 86. That's the ultimate goal. But on a personal note, I, I, I was told after the World Cup um, by a gentleman by the name of Seth Blatter, who was the secretary at the time, he saw me leaving Mexico to go home and he said, um, did anyone ever tell you how well you did here? And I said, no, and they don't. Now I think they do. And he said, the game that you did in the opening round, your mark more than qualified you for the quarterfinal of a World Cup. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. He said, but you didn't get it. And you'll never get it because you come from the wrong part of the world. Now, that was devastating. I only told two people that, my wife and the dear late George Wallace. I've told nobody else that because that would just put a hammer on anything. But... My my personal highest achievement was in 85. I went to the um, first ever under-17 World Cup and I ended up refereeing the final, which was magnificent, absolutely magnificent. And sometime, I'm happy to sit and talk to you and tell you about my experiences that day because that was one out of the box. <laughs> now tell me something. <laughs> who, was the, who was the star in that game for you? 
Me. <laughs> That's a good answer. Oh, fantastic. Well done. It was, it was well actually done. in those days, it was West Germany versus um, Nigeria. Oh, and I had awesome. the only send-off in the tournament in the final. Wow. And Nigeria, Nigeria won. Um, so it was a, it was wonderful, absolutely. And the atmosphere, 86,000 people in Shanghai and absolutely brilliant. And can I just tell you a secret? Don't sure. tell anyone this. No, I won't. I went onto the ground. I stood there with my arms by my side. They started the German national anthem. And I suddenly realized I hadn't got a whistle. Oh, <laughs> So I, I, said, I said, one of the FIFA officials that are on the running track told him where to find it. It's the longest delay in the toss of the coin and the kickoff you've ever seen. <laughs> wow. Uh, Chris because... Bambridge has been our special guest on FNR's State of Our Football Nation. Rem- not only reminiscing, but giving us a sense of some of the things that we can address and we need to address, and also uh, remarking on the performance of uh, Alex King, who he has observed over the last two years has become quite possibly the best referee in the A-League and on his way to represent Australia, you know, as the tournaments, uh, you know, open up in Asia and others. I I wonder, Chris, if um, that comment by Blatter um, has well and truly, uh, you know, vanished and we're likely to see more and more referees from everywhere, including Oceania, uh, you know, yep. being given the opportunity to showcase, or sorry, referee showcase games, quite possibly yep. a World Cup final. I mean, we're going back 30 years then when it was a very much, very much a closed shot. It has expanded. We've seen Australian referees at the last four World Cups now, I think. Yep. Um, and as you said, there was a, a representative, uh, Mr. Conker, from uh, New Zealand, from Oceania, in this tournament. Um, so, yes, it is expanded, and it's expanding into the African nations too, and there are some brilliant referees in the African nations. Seriously. And, 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 uh, and you've got to agree with us, surely, um, the, the emergence of the African nations and the emergence of uh, the, the uh, Arab world has yep. truly, you know, if everyone's talking about the game global, uniting the world, well, there's been yep. no better example than what we've seen in Qatar. Exactly, exactly. It's been exhilarating. We were all, I think, just quickly, we were all very apprehensive about, A, the way it was given to them, which we won't talk sure, about, and sure, B, sure. what it was going to be like. And I think they did a magnificent... Forget the peripheral stuff. Yep. Let's just talk about the football. I thought they did a magnificent job. The presentation was, was excellent. The pitch at the grand final probably wasn't up to scratch. But apart from that, I thought they did a magnificent job. They should be very proud. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, though, there will be an awful lot of pressure uh, to, to address some of those things that needed to be addressed beforehand. I, and I'm, and yes. I'm hoping that the weight of the world's expectations, uh, you know, they feel that pressure and do something. Yeah. Not say they do I it, but, but actually do it. And if that's the case, then we've all learned. I'll say uh, this, George. I think yeah. the only thing we're, we're going to miss from this World Cup is that the fact that it's in one country, because it's really exciting for 2026 to be in three countries. That's a lot of travel and it's a lot of work to be going from Mexico to Canada I can see you, Pakua, putting your hand up to be part of the commentary team (laughs) and saying, oh, gee, I've got Canada tomorrow and then on Sunday I've got Mexico. Good luck to you and your frequent flyer points. (laughs) Uh, Chris, yeah, go. Can I also quickly pay a great comment to the wonderful Mr. Tyler? 
Martin. The commentator. Yeah. Martin Tyler. He is, there's nothing that compares with him, in my opinion, in any type of sports commentary. Do you know, um, I, I, for a long, long time, have been a Martin Tyler fan, but just over the last couple of years, uh, the young voice or the, or the voice that I've enjoyed immensely, and it's probably because of the way he creates the pictures that, or sorry, that enhance the pictures that we see. And I'm talking about uh, the Englishman Peter Drury, who does oh, an yes. awful lot of commentary for the EPL. Yeah. And I there agree. is something that he brings to the game that quite possibly we heard in the very early days of Martin's career and mm-hmm. quite possibly in his heyday. And I think he's telling a different story these days. I think now he's, he's our friend, he's our learned colleague, and he's taking us through it, whereas Peter is selling it slightly differently. And maybe to the younger audience, he's resonating a little bit more with them. But I, I cannot, cannot leave the, uh, the broadcast opportunity with you and, uh, and commend you on, on picking up on Martin Tyler and his contribution to the game, which has been immense. Yeah, certainly. Well done. As as has, can we just say, Craig Foster, who uh, who yeah. rat, uh, who raised a few hackles with some people, because he is the activist, in, you know, in 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 the footballer, but he also mm-hmm. speaks, um, uh, I suppose, with the ghosts of Johnny Warren and Les Murray. Um, he reminds us yet again that they told us so that the world was coming together. And the world game was stretching itself and going to ever, every, uh, sorry, even new federations. And yes. today we, the World Cup in Qatar, uh, for, as you said, forget forgetting the peripherals. When you look at what it has done, close to five billion people can say right. that they watched quite possibly the greatest uh, final they've seen, and that is. Yeah. Uh, a worthy thing to say, and what a memory to leave us with until twenty twenty six. Yeah. <laughs> and good luck, good luck with your future commentary, young lady. Thank you. Thank well, you. she's got a world, world Cup coming up real soon, and oh, yeah. and good. I'm hoping that she's team. part of that team that calls the first grand final in the new Liberty. W League, wouldn't that be great? It'd be, it'd be very, very. very you got cool. some work to do, huh? Just, just, just so, ring just Chris so whenever you need anything <laughs> to know, and he'll he'll give you the update. Chris, thank you so very much for joining us and giving us your time. Chris Bambridge. Yes, it's been a great pleasure and a merry Christmas to both of you and your families. Thank you. Bye for now. All the best, FIFA referee, former FIFA referee Chris Bambridge, the man who still loves the game so much, still contributing, still helping the next tier of referees. There you go. Did you enjoy that? I absolutely did. I love learning, George, as you know. I, I, do, I feel I like do. I learn a lot every time I come on this show. <laughs> well, it's like going to a history lesson occasionally yeah. and opening up the front page and going, oh, my God, I just uh, it's him, Chris Bambridge. I was uh, fascinated by the fact that Chris uh, uh, refereed that under-17. So I, I had to Google it. And I couldn't believe that uh, Australia finished top of their group above West Germany in that tournament there and go. uh, got out in that court in the quarterfinals, which is pretty cool. To, the difference to... was West Germany went on with it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we, we're still learning to get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's almost time for us to say um, good evening or goodbye or good morning or good, good afternoon, depending on what time you listen exactly. to the podcast. I know it's on between five and six, but, you know, there are so many people these days who use devices very differently. That is true. And we make this almost like a podcast. 
so they can use it uh, when they're gone for a walk, when they're making breakfast, or maybe when they're de-stressing late in the evening yeah. and thinking, what did Pakur and George have to say on State of Our Football Nation? Anyway, until next week, uh, compliments of the season to you all. Um, uh, may the, uh, the holidays be good for you. Uh, stay safe and please just remember, if uh, a lot of people have, have been uh, saying that the game is at its lowest point, the, the thing worth reflecting on is this. When you get so low, there's only one way and that's up from now on. So we've got a chance to bring the game together. We've got a chance to unite the game in a, in a fashion that we haven't had to do because people tend to be very parochial. Well, time to think as one. Time to think as Australians, one and all, and to remember and remind ourselves that we're five, six months away from having a World Cup on our doorstep when we really have to be on our best behaviour. Thanks for joining us. Until next week. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.